Welcome to Video Games. February 12th, 2010, and this is the Idle Thumbs Podcast, Episode 1. And I'm Chris Remo. I'm Steve Gaynor. And I'm Jake Rodkin. And All right. Yeah, we're back. Uh, Video yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. We're going to talk about them. It's good to be back. It's good to be back, Steve. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm psyched about it. Yeah, I was thinking about that, actually, on the drive over here, is that it, the f- previous five months actually sort of disappeared from my brain in a gre- creepy, horrible way. <laughs> oh, really? For me, it just feels like longer. Really? Yeah. 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 Parking my car and failing to find parking in, near your house and then walking over here and then sitting down to record a podcast. Yeah. It's like old times. It's it feels, yeah. like, it feels it's, like it was just yesterday. It feels like it was just That Nick Brecken was here. Moment of silence. <laughs> I don't <know> siren. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, hey. No, I'm sorry the last five months of your life were deleted <laughs> by having no podcast. That's okay. They I think it was only like two months, but that's okay. It's been like six months. Jake said it's five. Been like nine. No, you're I'll right. We it. stopped in November. Yeah. So, it's been like three. Yeah. So, what have you guys been up to in the in the previous months? Steve made a video game. Yeah. yeah. I made a video game out. as well. Hey. Everyone made well, Not me. But, Chris, you, you know. made some, some <laughs> financial reports. Maybe some statistics, some news about the video game industry, the art and business. You wrote an article about a video game? Correct. Yeah. So, uh, we've all been busy. <laughs> we've all been doing things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's certainly true. None of us have just been sitting around on our ass. And, like, every week we've recorded a podcast and then we just deleted it. Right. Yeah. So, I, well, I mean, we listened to them. Right, we got to listen to it. They were pretty good. Yeah, they were great. They're going to be way better than wh- whatever this was. We, were, we I think we hit our peak around, like, uh, episode negative seven, January yeah, 6th. January, yeah, I was going to say that, that's, yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty, probably the best one. Oh, so good. Yeah. We flew Nick back for that one. Yeah, it was great. Oh, man. But yeah, no. Too bad we didn't record, release that. I don't know what. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, live and learn. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about this week on the Idle Thumbs podcast? Well, actually, I'm kind of curious because um, Steve, your game came out. Yeah, it did. And the Steve Gainer's uh, Match Three Express. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> out on Yahoo Hid- Games. Hidden Portal, objects. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. On, it's a hidden on object Xbox Indie three. Games. Oh, nice. Yeah, it, it it's mostly like a massager app, but uh, if you press a button, it changes the color on the screen. I heard though, if you pre-ordered it, you got Bioshock Two included. Um, that never panned out. Uh, that's too bad. Yeah. Because uh, you put a lot of work into Bioshock 2 for it to be the pre-order gift right. for Steve Ganner's Match 3 Massager. <laughs> <laughs> match 3 Massager. <laughs> uh, well, uh, promotions, you know, sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. But so how's Bioshock 2? Is that, was that you yeah. made that? Were you going to ask something about it? Yeah, well, I'm curious because you went to the uh, launch party for it. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, well, separately, you went to the, like, GameStop midnight, midnight launch. extravaganza explosion. Yeah. How was oh, yeah. that? 
It was it was cool. It was I heard super you signed weird. a dude's face or something. Uh, I signed. You drew a big daddy on his face that he was then going to turn into a tattoo. <laughs> I I signed one of my coworkers' necks. Okay, uh, well, that's not the same. But we all signed a dude's jean shorts. Jean shorts. Whoa, were they a dude's off jean or, shorts? Or they they were they were shorts. They were he intended them. to be shorts, uh, uh-huh. and they were being worn at the time. Uh, <laughs> that's good he yeah. didn't take him off to make it easier well, for I you mean, to well he could have he could have like you know been fully dressed they were breakaway and- so he could have just kind of flipped them off I mean it would have been <laughs> did, no big did deal. he request that you sign his big daddy and then you just signed his shorts <laughs> <laughs> oh I wish that that had something that clever had happened no he just said sign my shorts sign my shorts well that's uh, alright though maybe so, he was so saying salute my shorts maybe he was saying salute your shorts hey dude <laughs> uh no, but I mean, it, it was cool. Uh, there was that whole thing that uh, that 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 Elizabeth Toby and company, the community manager up. for two, yeah, the, the uh, Splicers Unite kind of, you know, they they had those gatherings where people would dress up and stuff. So the last one of those was nearby, and was that then, like an ARG. I didn't really follow it. No, well, uh, there, it was there, just like a hangout and be excited about Bioshock thing. There, there was an ARG that was apparently very uh, in depth, and they were like flying actors around to meet people in real life and give them clues in a briefcase and all that kind of stuff. Um, but but then they did a separate set of things, which I guess were associated with, like, Red Bull somehow, but they were called Splicers Unite, and it was just, like, groups of people would get together, and they had... It was just meetups, basically? Well, they were kind of meetups, but they also had, like, people like giving stuff mob. out. It is, it is... It is it, they called it a flash mob. Oh. I think those have to not be corporate yeah. i don't know if a flash mob really counts if it's not just people doing a thing but so it's uh, like a street team like a viral event yeah but they had they had the uh the people you know like dressed up as the big daddy and little yeah, sister i saw, that I saw some, some twit pics yeah so those people were you know the 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 those those dressed up folk were there for the midnight launch and a bunch of uh Bunch of fans were dressed up in they their opened the period garb with a Big Daddy drill. It was a, it was amazing. I didn't. I wish they'd. <laughs> they just punched through the glass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think I don't know. It seemed like a hundred, couple hundred people showed up, Sweet. and uh, we signed the hell out of all their items. It was fun. It, it was. It was very one hundred guaranteed sales. Yeah, baby. Yeah. That's uh, cool. Yeah, and like I don't know, like twenty of our development team showed up. It was like a really nice. good turnout from the studio. So it was it was weird. It felt like a real thing. Did it, you guys? Did your crowd kick the the mag crowd like ass? Because <laughs> you guys shared a night with the oh, mag no, and people. Donny's Inferno as well, right? No, I think the midnight thing was specifically for Donny's Inferno. Didn't, 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 get a, didn't get well, a midnight. Didn't that sale? game come out the week before? No, no, Donny's Inferno, Donny's Inferno came out the <laughs> same <laughs> day as Bioshock Two. Wow. Really? Yes. So they gave Mag and by the <laughs> yeah, I know that the Toys R Us website had a promo for those two games. So if you went to the Toy- Toys R Us game site, it was just Bioshock Two with like a crazy like mud and blood spl- splattered yeah. Big Daddy, and then the fucking Dante's Inferno guy there. Toys R Us. Wow. And then Jeffrey the Giraffe in between the two of them, <laughs> getting his head sliced off and right. drilled. Right. <laughs> the drill ripping through his stomach. As- Dante is sewing the bloody cross into his chest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> into Jeffrey Giraffe's neck. Yeah, man. <laughs> long neck. It's an elongated cross. Uh, um, but yeah, people bought the game. People are playing it. And uh, I think they like it. I'm playing Bioshock. 
One. One. <laughs> but uh, but I, I hear that you finished Bioshock One the, on like. Hey, attention, everyone! Yeah. I that's com- true. I only played two and a half, and a half years. Video game. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to steal your thunder, but you, yeah, you you actually did it. I like. I'm sorry to steal your thunder. I made Bioshock Two. In anyway, the, congrats. In the to amount you. of time it took Jake uh, Rodkin to complete <laughs> Bioshock, <laughs> Steve Gator <laughs> constructed Bioshock that's Two. An entire additional Bioshock. We'll all play that soon. So. I. But it's nice to I finally made a little to bit finally feel like maybe. I've played a video game. Hey, what did you think of that game, uh, uh, Bioshock? B-O... Bayou Shock. Bayou Shock. It takes place in the Bayou. It's like a swamp yeah. game. Swamp Shock. Swamp They're going to call it that. I wish. Bayou Swamp. <laughs> <laughs> you liked it though, right? I did like it. I Weird. I liked Bioshock. Yeah. Huh. We brought back this podcast because we knew people were really missing us talking about all the latest I games what, and topics what and What people trends. want are Bioshock 1 impressions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I play, man, you want to get even more topical? I just completed a shock as well. <laughs> System Shock 2 from 1999. That is a shock. It is a, quite a shock. Nick to my Brecken system. back in Maryland is playing through System Shock 1 right now. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, he'll send us That's a wave file. Isn't that over actually the phone. true? Is he playing System Shock is he? 1? I, I, oh, maybe not. We'll find yeah. out. You could have said yes. Oh, he, it's true. He is. Yeah. Nice. That's crazy. I just asked him That's right wacky. Just now. That's super wacky. You guys are playing him backwards. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. I hear Bioshock 2 is no System Shock 2, Steve. It is not the same game as, as System Shock 2. I agree. Yeah. Well, that's a fact, pretty much. <laughs> it's, it's undeniable. <laughs> So, did you enjoy System Shock 2? I saw that you posted a blog about it on IdleThumbs.net. I did, yeah. You can go there and read it if you want. Uh, yeah, I really liked it. It was cool. I, I had played this game quite a while ago and never actually beat it. Um, Would you believe that at one point I played the first 10 minutes of System Shock 2 and then did stopped you really? playing it? Really? I, that's pretty much every game that's ever been made. Uh, <laughs> I, that's the case for No, me. but you Does actually have really? played the first 10 minutes of System Shock 2? Yeah. Does that mean that you frequently pay $50 for 10 minutes of yeah, entertainment? Yeah, did you buy that game? I, yeah, because... Everyone's supposed to play System Shock 2. I just didn't. Fair enough. I was excited by the first 10 minutes of it. It had modes. You, the you first 10 wait, minutes you, are not exciting. You didn't even, like, I was finish no. building your character if you only played Oh, no, 10 no. Minutes. I mean, 10 minutes in the actual video. Oh, oh okay. you woke we up. We don't need to talk about this right now. You yeah. can, you p- completed the game. You had I a did. wrench? I probably did. It's a while ago. It's a, it's a cool game, though. I would recommend people play it. I, I did it without... Uh, any mods, like graphical mods or gameplay mods or anything. And I, st- I mean, I know it wasn't even when it was released, it wasn't the most polished graphical experience, but it's kind of one of those games where once you get into it, there's so much to do that I didn't find myself dwelling on that. I mean, I, I would say if you, if this is a game you're interested in, just go try and, and get it, get it running. The hardest part is just getting it working on a computer. But once you do, it's really cool. What class did you play as? Uh, I played as the soldier class, yeah. but it seems like the class system is, almost pointless i mean it's not really because you get yeah. you can invest in anything like it doesn't matter right the, you you start out in vastly different spots mm. and with different equipment like it, it is it is really hard to turn from a psyops guy into a soldier oh really and, and yeah i mean like it is basically a, an obfuscated difficulty system like if you started a psyops you and you'd never played the game before you would you you're pretty fucked. Like oh, yeah. it, it's extremely difficult uh, to is it survive. Because your guns don't do much damage, and you yeah, I mean, breaking all the time. Yeah, you can't yeah. use most guns. Right, and right. You can't repair them and stuff. You have to use your psi powers. Yeah, but, no, it's like, true. I, I mean, even as a yeah. soldier, early in the game, I found an assault rifle. I carried that thing around for like ten hours until I had enough points to. Because you can't use it until yeah. you have the maximum 
points yeah. in standard weapons. Yeah, I, I played I played System Shock two not when it came out, but maybe a year after it came out. Yeah, that's and, when I first played it. Yeah, and I picked it. I, I I played as a soldier and played all the way through it, and it was difficult and extremely tense. And you know, I, yeah. I had to have, like really manage my resources and everything. And that's the easiest class class you can right. play as. It's like the pure combat class. Yeah. And I would not really want to have a harder time with that game right. than, yeah. than that. Well, I feel like I could go through it now and have a much easier time. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's there's so one of the interesting things about System Shock compared to modern games, um, and this was true of some games. I mean, I felt kind of the same way about Deus Ex. Like the first time you play it, you're almost kind of just learning how to play it. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, I still had a, a super great time, and all of the all of the actual narrative stuff is is the same, obviously, when you when you play it again, yeah. but. Um, it's interesting playing a game like that. That's so dependent on you becoming really, really masterful of all these systems at the same time. I mean, the number of things you can theoretically be thinking about or doing at once in System Shock Two is ludicrous. I mean, you're dealing with movement. You're dealing with getting to a an area on this big space station that is largely just explorable up to you. I mean, it's it's not linear. I mean, the the, the objectives are linear. Yeah. But the geography is right, not at all. The space is just there. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, there's gating and stuff. You there's can't gating, just go all the way to But the you end. regularly are just going back and forth, and yeah, there's certainly yeah. no arrow or guide right, or, yeah. you know, I mean, there's nothing set up to. Uh, does, does, does it even mark your goal on the map, or do you just have to compare? No. Oh, it said to go to this labeled location, and then that's labeled on yeah. the map. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's, I like that's it. That's cool. No, yeah. I liked it a lot. It was, it was cool. I mean, like, I. It's, I understand why a game designer does not do that these days for the most part, but it was really cool playing it and knowing you were responsible for that stuff. I mean, yeah. you're responsible for noting like, well, not in every, in all cases, but often, especially in optional cases, you have to, you know, know what number to put into a keypad on a door. The game's not just going to keep that shit all for you and enter it automatically. Well, you have just, to. Like we've talked about on the podcast back in the day, yeah. is that just PC games aren't about simulation anymore. Like just no games are. At all, and just leaving that not st- to that extent anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean, just leaving that stuff up to the player is way more of like yeah. it asks a, a, a lot. The mindset of being yeah. in a simulated space right. instead right. of a, like a, a yeah. game. Yeah, I mean, I mean games, it, it games something... basically pick their battles now when it comes to simulation, yeah. right? I mean, they'll simulate certain things like a physics system and like a projectile system, and and you have games that are more or less simulations in that respect. Like well, that's that's much more fidelity, it, yeah, based right. than experience based, right? You know, yeah. But uh, I mean, that, that's something that I. Well, it's the ca- difference between yeah. like simulating. <laughs> well, because I mean, there is a difference between a game that caught a blade. that simulates a lot, such that when you like deliver an input to the game, Asthma. the number of simulations that are running can create wildly divergent outcomes. Yeah, and a game that doesn't simulate those things. I mean, yeah. even though. Even though most of that simulation is happening on the computer's side, that's still a more divergent well, experience. Right. But and a game like System Shock, just everything. Well, System is- Shock actually trusts that you have a fully functioning brain running. Like when when your character remembers the the password for you, like it's you know like ugh, this. Ugh, I'll well, you just don't have, Jake to, you don't have to. You don't have to pay attention. I mean, the, the cool <laughs> thing about System Shock too, and and again, I, I understand why. A designer, I understand reasons a designer might not want to do this, but it is cool because it, you do actually have to pay attention to what people are saying to you in the audio logs, uh, or you have to go back and listen to them again if you didn't the first time. I mean, you, you actually have to be cognizant of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, most games, especially now, uh, you know, y- you can pretty much ignore that stuff 
And even in a game that's on the more open-ended side in today's spectrum, you can still basically kind of like be the pinball that kind of just keeps bouncing around, but you will be propelled forward eventually. And in System Shock 2, that just will not happen. I mean, you absolutely have to drive it yourself. In that particular example, I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, the thing that, that I don't like as much about like, them giving you information but not tracking it for you in any way is just that you don't have any tools within the game to to track that stuff and well, it feels like you have to go outside the game to retain that information either by memorizing it with or sometimes keeping notes. yeah, yeah it, it's pretty unlikely because you could need the code two hours later or writing it down whereas there, there are some games like like in deus ex for instance they have a separate tab that's like notes and codes and it it pulls the relevant information out of stuff you've listened to into that so you can refer back to it well system shock 2 does have some of that oh yeah but it's i don't remember it's in the i mean unless i'm just making this up and which would be weird because i only played a few days ago but it's possible uh, it's possible that i'm making this up um i'm pretty sure that when it comes to actual required objectives there's a little page in your pda thing that lists like door combinations and okay. stuff. Yeah. Um, but for like, for totally optional, optional things stuff, where you, yeah, yeah, where if you find a log and someone's like, all right, man, I'm hiding this gun and I stuck it in a wall and it's yeah. got this number. I mean, right. that's just, you have to just do it yourself. Yeah. yeah. But you can still go back and listen to the log again. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's cool. It's cool playing that. And I, it's been a long time since I've played a game that required me to be that immersed. Like the game, which is one reason I say that I was less affected, even less affected by the, dated graphics than I than I usually would be is because the game really asks so much of you right. that if you're going to get into it, you have to be in it. Yeah, you have to be totally invested past yeah. caring about the surface. Right. Because you it's, have it's so really much cool. other stuff to pay attention to. Yeah. But I mean, I think, it, I think it's an interesting point that you make about uh, the focus of simulation shifting, you know, because like that you're kind of talking about like informational simulation sort of right. you know um whereas as we go further into uh tech you know the, the hardware that's capable of it's, more like physical like, simulation like world environmental simulation. Simulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly and, and and it's it's interesting to me just because there are other valid interesting things that come out of that and it's not like you exactly. can have both at the same yeah. time but like when you're playing bioshock versus a system shock like because there's all this like element propagation exactly. and ragdolls and physics and stuff you can have very emergent outcomes of your like combat uh inputs you know that wouldn't be that that are totally not part of like a system shock experience at all right um and, and I mean, I I, well, I, I, I do personally the, like needing to have more investment in the experience to track what I have to do and figure it out myself. And so, like when I played Bioshock One, uh, I turned off the quest arrow, and I was playing right. on PC, so you can turn off uh, the 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 shader on objects you have to use. You know, the yeah. glowy shit, and, and you, you can, can and so you like, have that in Bioshock Two as well. Yeah, 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 and and the loot glimmer and stuff. So you can you can turn off a lot of the. Guidance stuff, which is nice, if because at that point you're signing up for like, okay, game, I'm gonna pay attention. You don't have to tell me how to play it. I'm I'm gonna listen to what you tell me to say and look at the map to find where it is, and I'm good, you know. But on the other hand, assuming that it doesn't uh, compromise the 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 possibility of of that kind of unguided experience existing at all. It's, it's good to have guidance for yeah. other players available. Right. You know? I don't no, know. no, that's totally like, true. I mean, there's a reason yeah. 
That's like why. Jake Rodkin, like Jake Video Games Rodkin. <laughs> I like all that stuff in theory, but when I played Bioshock, I kind of just wanted to play it because it's been three years. So I turned every possible thing on and played right. it on easy. Yeah, yeah. And then I killed Fontaine in three seconds with lightning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's and that's the thing is that it's great. But it was that, still sweet. So yeah, it's whatever. great that a game like that can be more accessible for people who are, on the other hand, signing up for. I don't really want to have to figure everything out. I just want to play through it and experience it. Yep. Oh, oh, yeah. But no, but yeah, what you said about the about the two types of or not two, but the very various spectrum yeah. of uh, simulations. I mean that that is what I was sort of alluding to before. Especially if you look at the difference between, for example, a Bioshock or like a Call of Duty. Yeah, there are fewer interesting simulation inputs. Yeah. in a Call of Duty game, like yeah. it's pretty much bullet there, goes into yeah. guy. Yeah, there are different ways of delivering a bullet Shoot to man. a man, <laughs> yeah. or possibly throwing a grenade with your offhand, and you know, yeah, right. uh, and. Hopefully you find that interesting. I mean, it's kind of it, it's it's all kind of that same thing where it's like there are all these different potential inputs and weird emergent shit that you can play with in the combat in Bioshock. Or if you don't care, it's also possible to just spend all your money on machine gun bullets and shoot everyone. Uh, you know, and there's there's a spectrum of experiences you can have within that frame. So I, I, I started doing that thing. by the end of uh, System Shock Two, by the way. Because <laughs> uh, I just started getting so many points to spend on stuff that I just got all these ridiculous guns and like dude. yeah, it yeah. was it was awesome. You I mean, had a refrigerator my, box. My inventory, like seventy five percent of it, was just massive guns. guns. Yeah, I mean one one thing I will say that yeah that in System Shock two, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I played all the way through and around when it first came out, and I loved it and everything, super scary. And then I went back to play it. I don't know, maybe I guess it was around the time that Bioshock one came out. I think that might have been why I uh-huh. put it back in and. uh I played through it up to the first part where there's like, you know, a, a, a character upgrade station to spend your cyber modules. And there was just like four pages of like a three by three grid yeah. of possible no, tiny it's upgrades. Crazy. I was just yeah. like, what? What? And, and they were all just symbols that were totally unlabeled. You yeah. had to like click each one individually to get the description. It would yeah. be like, this is a 0.5% increase right. to your. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, the so size it, stuff especially. It was is, it was extremely like yeah. overwhelming. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely true. Even even for someone that is invested in yeah. being part of that space and figuring things out for themselves, you can have just like an avalanche of <laughs> yeah. of tiny mo- you know mods to your character that uh, it, it's hard to say exactly if like that level of yeah. having to delve into the no, numbers is really beneficial I mean, to almost I, anybody. You know. That's one of the, I mean, that was honestly one of the most interesting things to me about System Shock 2 was just how granular it was. Like, I, clearly there was more granularity than was needed. Yeah. But it was really cool just to experience it, especially yeah. going looking back now. Yeah, yeah. Um, just no, I, as I, an interesting yeah. study in that respect. And, and but I, I agree. Think, I mean, yeah. if you were making that game again, you would want to consolidate yeah, a few put, things yeah, yeah. Exactly. i mean put I, each I th- of those up to scrutiny basically yeah and i think the i think the granularity is almost like one of the things that defines a i don't know like not not more hardcore but just a more like character building focused game like when, when i compare mass effect one to two for yeah, instance yeah, like yeah, the that fact well. that they split out you know like you could probably have eight or ten different abilities with like what is it like 20 maybe yeah. levels in each. each of which had sub like key yeah. marks basically with- yeah and and then pairing that down to four or six abilities with four levels you know it's it and and in playing mass effect 2 and making that comparison i don't feel like it really lost a lot but you feel i guess less invested in sort of like building your character up because you have to touch them yeah. so less frequently and it's just sort of like 
there are less choices to make. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's interesting that, that scale of how do you want to approach building your character up? Uh, I agree. Interesting. I love interesting things. Don't get this episode off to a Jake video games, Rodkin start. Yeah. You guys want to talk about the opposite of System Shock 2? <laughs> I just heard a sweet racing car red up. It was probably drifting. It's, yeah. San yeah. Francisco 2049. Yeah. San Francisco Rush. Yeah. There so, speaking of really complicated emergent systems and simulation, yeah. uh, grids of minute upgrades, we mm-hmm. were checking out the Heavy Rain demo oh, a yeah. few minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That I, was an interesting experience. It was it was weird. I only leveled up like three times during that demo. I expected it yeah. to be more. I we had a lot of really slow motion asthma <laughs> intakes. Uh, <laughs> well, our guy was like really, really unsure as to whether he wanted to like knock on doors or like get his wallet out of his pocket. He was just really like a really sort of wallet yeah. in his hand. So yeah. maybe we should mention what we're talking about. Yeah, because I wouldn't have known okay. until an hour yeah, ago. Yeah. So, so. The, the very first thing the heavy rain demo tells you to do is when it, you know, th- that's the, it's the sort of interactive movie thing, but the the it's a lot of quick time events, but they're all dialed to analog stick motions. Like you sort of yeah. spin the right you sort analog of stick and the circle. animation along with the yeah. analog. Yeah. Stick. The, 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 the game, intention the, seems to be to map like how his hand would move to how you move right. the analog the, stick. The first thing the demo tells you though is you can con- when a, when one of those prompts comes up. The speed at which you follow the prompt will control the speed of the animation. It's like, do it as slowly as you'd like. <laughs> so you can just make this guy spend this excruciating, like, 15, 20 seconds just pulling his wallet out of his coat. And then almost getting it out. And then be like, and then, oh, uh, uh, because uh, <laughs> yeah, it goes back and forth. Yeah, the I controller mean, it's, times it maps out, or, yeah, in both you can directions. rock it back and forth. So you I can mean, make but, a guy yeah. sort of like, yeah, crazy you, blooper video style. Take yeah, I mean, you, you've basically seen like a YouTube poop where they just scrub back and forth <laughs> through like All someone like making a face. Luigi's <laughs> face wearing stunner shades coming out and going, I'm gonna win. And then like, pretty, pretty yeah, sweet. Because it's just like, okay, I'll get near this door and now I scrub this guy's hand back and forth for like a minute being like, oh, oh, Blake, Blake, stairs. Asthma. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so, so basically, the amazing thing about it is that it's supposed to take itself extremely seriously, and you're supposed to be into it and be like communing with your character by going through the same motions he is and everything. And then the first t- tutorial is like, "Here's how to break the game and make it look stupid. <laughs> Try it now. <laughs> Try, uh, Try making this guy take the slowest possible puff on his inhaler. Make him sidle past this garbage can uncomfortably, awkwardly, like." <laughs> And it, it just, it, it, it's like, it, it instructs you on the best way to expose all the flaws in their yeah, animation it's, it's system. Like the, the game world, the animation, the effects, blatantly Sony, uh, and Quantic Dream invested bazillions of dollars in this game. And then it's like, and now make it look really bad. It's, what? it's, what? it's the, it's I, the most fragile, delicate it's, it's, flower it's of, of, of an experience possible. If you don't play it exactly how David Cage intended you to, it just goes off the rail and it's yeah. absurd. It's really enjoyable to look at until a guy pulls sunglasses out of his pocket in such slow motion <laughs> that you can see them sort of go <laughs> and like attach into his hand. Uh, anyway. It's a weird game. What if you could analog control how quickly he said stuff? Uh, we're describing how to make Most the game even better. Clean up their apartments. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely living conditions. Uh, Why isn't everything timed by the analog stick in that game? Most things are. Most. 
So out of control by the end. <laughs> and they go back in the pocket. I, I think Float. it's we've gravitated towards this one thing because I most people are not going to see this. Yeah, uh, I think everyone is going to try think, opening their car door really slow. That's true, but I think people are going to give up on it quicker than we did. Yeah. We're like, make them make them <laughs> we inhale really slowly. We were really just slowly. egging each other on every single constantly, time. We're yeah. like, reverse it back up. Animal bloopers. Make yeah. it yeah. fall out well, of tree and back. I, yeah, it, it's because the only possible way to enjoy this game, like. In a non-comedic fashion, is to play it by yourself and be super serious about it. Be- because it, it's just like <laughs> you just have a fart button I constantly. Think- <laughs> it's just like uh, and ruin. <laughs> I think I think more people than you think are going to be into that game. Uh, I think that they but have to be. <laughs> what? Yeah. To, well, like David either- Cage will come to their house and beat it out of them if they're not. No, he'll, he'll really slowly reach for an ether egg that will then sort of gravitate into his hand. <laughs> But then the controller will time out and he'll put it back in his pocket. Well, no, I'm saying so that okay. you have to be really into it for it to, like, come off yeah. well at all. And, to, the, and then it can it, be, like, a, a positive feedback loop of you like it more because you're taking it seriously, so it's coming off yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, I think... But if at any point you step outside of that, that range, right. it's just like... If you, I thought if you were going to say if you step outside that rain. That heavy rain. You step outside that heavy rain. 0.23 inches. If you, um... Yeah, if you if you're willing to role play with that game, yeah. it will become an extremely nice looking real time cutscene. Yeah, Blake here, <laughs> Lieutenant Kata Blake. Uh, go anyway. through the ARG on the <laughs> internet to download it on your PS3 console. The final step of the ARG for North American customers is to figure out how to sign up for a European <laughs> PlayStation Store. Well, I account. think by the time this comes out, it's actually supposed to be out. Oh, okay. On the North American one for real. Don't bother with what I just said. Unless you want to. The ARG, I mean. Oh, ARG. The ARG is obsolete. So that was us taking a big old dump on <laughs> 10 minutes of heavy rain. <laughs> it was an amazing experience. The one guy has VR goggles. Yeah, there is a guy who takes his glasses off and David off. Caruso has VR goggles. I am super excited by character movement and by the amount of money in that game. I just want the game to be a game. There's a lot of money. Oh, heavy rain. Weird. Anyway, you cannot make triangle patterns to mop floors in this game, which also is disappointing. Is that a thing you can do in another game? In Fahrenheit. Oh. Forgot about that. You do have to shake your six axis to. What are you doing that for? Oh, to shake your inhaler. Yep. Let's take a break. A Blake. <laughs> Let's take a Blake. Lieutenant caught a Blake. Lieutenant caught a break. Video game. Never remembers fighting their cat when they loaded up Wolfenstein. <laughs> it's a classic you childhood gotta, experience. You gotta try and time it with the load bar. No, Stephen. Color your hair. Vertigo. So we're back. New from Visceral Games. I watched a super early Hitchcock movie on Netflix. Vertigo. New from Visceral Games, Vertigo. Alfred EA Hitchcock's presents. Vertigo. No, I watched, uh, what was it? I watched um, Sabotage. It was yeah. like a 1930-something Hitchcock movie. Yep. You, have you seen it? Yeah. Really? What yes. do you think of it? Uh, it was a while ago that yeah. I saw it. But I, mean, I, mean, I didn't it was, think it was, it was that his, good. But no, it was, but it was, one of the, it's, it was one of his ones that, like... Use the conventions of a stage play much more, yeah. Uh, obviously, kind of like Dial M for Murder and uh, Rope, almost. Yeah, I mean, where it's- but it was even more primitive than those. I mean, it yeah. was like it was actually. This is, sounds really stupid to say, but it it was actually like a film that made me more confident about where video games might go. Because it was like, yeah. I mean, it was so 
you could tell it was by someone who knew what he was doing. Yeah. But like the screenplay was kind of clunky and like characters would just interject little clever things for no reason. Just, just so that the camera could cut to a guy saying clever thing, but there's no real reason for it. It just reminded me so much of like modern era video games where yeah. just things happen because someone has kind of a cool idea, but yeah. it doesn't, it's no, not I mean, part of something. Yeah. Like it, it uh, watching, look, watching, Hitchcock's, you know, career yeah. progress from basically almost like fixed point cameras that are yeah. just looking into a three-sided room and it's basically just a filmed stage right. play up to the end of his career, you know, it it's just amazing to see the progression of how he handles the form. It's yeah, a crazy it's really thing amazing. to see over the course of like 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. And we also watched the whole uh I mean we just, you know, we just saw a billion movies at the film, film annual and, film noir festival yeah. in our city here in San Francisco. And it's I always really enjoy that cuz all those it's films amazing come from they're they're usually from the 40s most of them are from the 40s it's like right and when dudes are starting to really figure it out but exactly. not quite yeah well because but, it's not the main dudes that are figuring it out these are like b films like, yeah. by guys they're that are sort of kind fringe, of fringe guys usually yeah they're, they're kind of like aping what the best filmmakers are doing and kind of just trying shit out so yeah. it's really interesting but it's also like i feel like that's the era where basically that's like right at the beginning of sort of the modern era of film yeah not in not in like in the micro term, but I just mean, you know, those films basically are made like modern films. They're just older. Yeah. But I mean, they're using the same kind of camera technique and general structure and stuff, at least in, in the ones that are, that are made fairly competently. And it's cool, but it's cool seeing all of the like first take of that stuff. Yeah. You know, where, where someone will right, start right. doing like, more complex shots. This is like one of with, the first dozen films where weird nonlinear story events happen yeah. or whatever. Well, I mean, just, I don't know, stuff like that. But just done it. Yeah. yeah done, but done in a in, way that is, the, that feels sort of kind of put together. That and, yeah. Happens now. yeah. Exactly. Just, just interesting camera techniques and stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome seeing that stuff when you can tell it's, it's still very formative and sort of evolving. I really like that. And it always makes me more confident. Uh, as opposed to my other mood about video games, just like video games are gonna be stupid forever. Yep. They're super lame. I don't actually think that. It's it's easy to I actually do. Whoa. No, I don't. He uh, does. It's, I, it's a secret. Um It's easy it's easy to go there. It's easy yeah. to no, play just, some kind of game that yeah. just like really disappoints you yeah. and you're just like, oh every game is like oh, this. Games are the worst things. Uh, and then you realize you're wrong. On a totally unrelated note, uh, I have this reviewer's guide for this game, Dante's Inferno. And uh, I, there was a funny thing is that in it. Based on the epic poem, it is. It's a work of literary merit, and the video game is. Yes. Hmm. So um, you have the reviewer's guide sent to reviewers to review the game. Yeah. So this is telling you. Well, I don't actually the, have the game. My one wait, of my coworkers. This looks like a magazine. What the fuck is this? It's this is like a, this guide. is like a glossy, like full color little promotional guide. But it's a reviewer's guide. What are the chances yeah. that the manual is in black and white? <laughs> yeah. Well, they had to print many fewer reviews. Yeah. This is like this is like a. Big. This is like a big, big, full magazine-sized game manual. Basically, I've never seen a reviewer's guide. I didn't know they sent some. We're not. We're not supposed to be discussing this publicly, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Well, that's okay. I don't actually have the game. One of my coworkers did, but I thought the reviewer's guide was funny, so I asked yeah. for it. Now it's like you played the game. You could probably write the review from that manual. <laughs> but the thing that I thought was funny was so. I again, I haven't. I actually haven't even played the demo either. I don't know if you guys have, but. Um, nope. Apparently, I played the demo. Ap- there was a boob in it. That's what I heard. Oh, there, I heard there actually might have been plural boobs. Um, Many a boob. I think the, were they the po- ones where the nipples retract and babies come flying. No, out of them? I, oh, we didn't. You didn't get that far. My, mine. The the one the stuff I, I didn't play all the way through the demo. My but boob was the, the part. The part that I <laughs> the part that I played up to 
was where you find your wife Boob has been killed wife. and uh it's supposed to be sad and uh and and poignant and uh filling the foreground is her exposed boob <laughs> of her dead body uh and then Jesus. her soul appears uh it's like a blue translucent version of her and her boob is exposed um so, so it's basically a quest to re- recover that boob he doesn't even like cover up her boob. I didn't mean literally recover the boob. <laughs> <laughs> so what's it? What's it? What's up with this review well, guy? I was Chris? Say, I'm looking at the map of hell on the back. There's apparently in the game itself, Virgil, uh, the poet, is like your buddy. He turns against you in the final act. Oh man, dark secret revealed. I don't know if he but, does, but you well, probably from does. what I've heard, though, he actually like his lines actually are taken verbatim from the Divine Comedy. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if that's true of all of his lines, but I've apparently... I read it that it was. Yeah, okay. So that's cool. That's that's a thing. Uh, however, the reviewer's guide includes Virgil's words of wisdom. And uh, I enjoyed these because they're, I think, some poignant um, little summations so these, here. So these are potentially, at least theoretically... Direct lifts from... Yes. Well, because see, their preface here with little... They have little excerpts from the cantos, right? So here we go. I, the only one, made myself ready to sustain the war, both of the way and likewise of the woe. Canto 2. So there, I mean, you know, there's some stuff. And then you get... What else is Virgil? (laughs) Well, you might be surprised to learn that Virgil's words of wisdom also include, if you haven't attained level 3 in both unholy and righteous, now is the time to do so. Thereafter, you may concentrate on obtaining useful skills... But the thing, my favorite one Thereafter. is, my, this is my favorite Virgil's words of wisdom. Prepare to face the ten challenges of the eighth circle of hell. Here are some recommendations for conquering each one. Challenge one, kill all enemies using infinite mana. Sins of the father is a powerful weapon in this battle. Challenge two, get a 100 hit combo. <laughs> Using holy barrage and jumping is the best way to attack this challenge. Wait, what What part of the poem was that from? Oh, I think this was Canto 19. Oh, okay. That's what it says. <laughs> if only it said that. Yeah. I, I haven't read it. Uh, I also haven't played the game, but I figured like reading that reviewer's guide basically is kind of enough exposure to uh, the work to well, get a good feel for it. Now you know how to get that combo, though, and defeat the enemies. Yeah, I assume Dante... He advises that you defeat them. Yeah. So Dante comboed, what, some demons and then the poem was A hundred hits, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, also, I, in challenge four, Dante stayed in the air for eight seconds. Um, air grab and throws mixed with a heavy scythe attack uh, make quick work of this one. <laughs> That's, I think, what happened there. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> sounds like a good poem. Well, in Challenge 6... High school is badass! In, in Challenge 6, he destroyed all enemies and protected the human. Um, this can be achieved by using Holy Blasts and Grab Kills. So, I mean, I think It that's, was achieved. You're, you're think, telling us the story. Oh, right. Actually, in the story, it was achieved, correct. Hmm. In games, though, it's interactive, so it could be. Yeah. Or... Either that or... or game over. Yeah, he was overcome by the forces of hell. But he continued. Yeah. It's the power of our medium... A book only has one ending. Video games have infinite endings. Yeah. Some of them look the same, but they can happen at different times. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> um, well, so then what's your review? Um, of the reviewer's guide. My review of the reviewer's guide 
is kill all enemies before health depletes. A variety of attacks work here, depending on what you've upgraded. But holy barrage and heavy side attacks usually work well. So that's sort of the pros that's, section? Yeah, I think that's kind of my summation. That's, yeah. All right. So that's, so that's Sound like eight, a, out of, 8 out of 10. Okay. We, sh- we really shouldn't be talking about this, though. Why? Does it say not to talk about Note. it on a completely unofficial podcast? This is, this is another uh, quote from The Divine Comedy, I think. <laughs> It's words of warning right at the beginning. Oh, I see. Like, oh, is it is it that line, abandon hope, all you who enter? Right. It's sort of paraphrased. Oh, uh, oh. This guide is intended for review purposes only and is not to be distributed publicly. Uh, that's, ba- that's the different, that's the, like, they didn't go with the Longfellow translation on that one. Right. It's sort of a, it's a, it's a modern translation. Interpretation. Yeah. It's, don't, don't share this guide. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing that guide with us, Chris. Chris Ramo. I just want to help you get through hell with wisdom and words. <clears throat> you're my, you're the Virgil to my Dante. <laughs> my uh, goal. Now, what else is up? We both played Mass Effect 2. Yeah, it's true. We both beat that video game. Right? How you guys beat it? Yeah. I haven't played that game. Oh, man. Then you don't want to hear these end spoilers we're about to discuss. Are you some sort of savior? Oh. Someone double crosses you? No. Not, not exactly. I don't think so. Not wow. really. Then I do want to play it. Uh, mm-hmm. I should play the first one if I play one. Yeah, you should. Probably. One day. I played Bioshock 1, so yeah. in a year or two, I'll play Mass Effect. Yeah. In, in all honesty, I don't know I don't know if I would... I don't... And I'm not saying I, I wouldn't, but I actually don't know if I would suggest, oh, play the first one instead of the second one, or vice versa, to someone who hasn't well, played any instead, Mass Effect. I wouldn't say but I mean... Well, I, I mean, if you're only going to play A big part of my one, enjoyment of the second game was... Seeing I, I would be the shocked if Jake game. Video Games Rodkin were to play Mass play Effect two, 1 through two then video games. play Mass yeah. Effect 2. Yeah. yeah, that's true. He's trying it with Bioshock. Hey, He's going for the 1-2 punch. Hey. That is true. I'm I'm into the fact that hey, hey, basically, hey. you know, within some double-digit number of hours uh, between beating Bioshock 1 for the first time, I can just roll right into Bioshock 2, which yeah. is probably not the case for a lot of people. Nope. So that'll be weird. Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of like... Uh, when I got into like the wire in the fourth season, yeah. I was like I can just yeah, watch all of these, just blast through them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what cool. I did as well. Yeah, but yeah. So you enjoyed Chris uh, that in Mass Effect you liked the little the little callback things. Yeah, thing? I enjoyed cool. it. You, yeah, you I, I would be liking that. Well, I would I mean, actually I would actually be interested to play like on a different profile just to see what the game was like without any of that stuff. Apparently, it like most there was of it is the it. shitty stuff. Oh what wait, mean? what do you mean? No, I mean to to play Mass Effect Two without a Mass Effect One without profile. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, most of the decisions are like the undesirable ones, from what I've heard. What do you mean? Well, you know, like a certain guy dies. Yeah. Stuff like that. I mean, just they they were trying. I mean, versus I think what? No, I mean because like, they're trying to reward you having played through it by yeah giving the the yeah the more positive choices come across or like right. you get those as gifts basically well you get them if you did them in the yeah, first game uh, yes. whereas you have no option to do so if you right oh so so you play the second one and it just kind of assumes you yes. made a decision in the right. last game right. oh i thought it might just like not refer to that content at all no I don't know. It, okay. it uh it definitely they just, like they fill in the back has with a the, set sort of things that happen but there are things, things that yeah. aren't as cool usually i see so yeah I d- it doesn't seem like a thing that would add a lot to the experience I, I just wondered how they, yeah. what it would be like, because yeah, I had a, I had a profile uh, that I had just played through like not long before Mass Effect Two came out. I had uh, two. My God, I mean, I have two, Mother but of God. I didn't use both of them. They would have been relatively similar <laughs> in, yeah. in how they were. Mine had different stuff. My ending was different, so I, 
That, well, that's well. true. I mean, I had a different ending on mine, so I guess I could play through it and see what it was like. But I mean, it made no difference to me. Yeah, it didn't, like, seem, it like didn't, it didn't, it didn't seem like it would to me either, because the thing I had I had done to change, like, yeah, because the ending of Mass Effect One determines whether you save the council or not, and so I specifically went and re- did that second playthrough so that spoilers, whoa, so I could get the save the council ending. And then I played Mass Effect 2, and they never mentioned the council, and it didn't really make any difference at all. Yeah, it's actually, it's funny to me, and this doesn't really bother me that much, because through Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect 2, and just generally Mass Effect in general, I care way more about all the little moments than I do the plot, which I really almost couldn't care about less. Yeah. And it's funny, because it the seems collectors. like the game itself acts the same. Like... The whole first, it seems to me anyway, like the whole first plot of Mass Effect 1 really makes almost no difference. Like in Mass Effect 1, you're basically fighting against this weird sort of massive like hive mind. (laughs) You're fighting against this huge effect, uh, this big hive mind-like alien force that's sort of incomprehensible and wants to destroy all life. And then you work for this kind of semi-legitimate shadowy organization. And then in the second game, you do the exact same thing, but the names of all those things are different. Yep. So like the name of the enemy is different and the name of your organization is different, but it's like the exact same thing. It's really odd. It's, yeah. It doesn't even, it doesn't really seem like it actually continued to me, except in all of the little things, which is what I actually care about. So, I mean, I'm fine with it as a player. It's yeah. just odd. Yep. You were a bit more of a, private military contractor in the second game. Yeah. But it, it doesn't affect anything, though. Government. I mean, it's exactly the same, right? I mean, you still just Pretty go much. around and yeah. are like, I'm Shepard. Yeah. And this is my favorite store in the Citadel. <laughs> you have a lot of favorite stores. Yeah. No one seems to mind. What they all think? love you. They all do. What did you think about the game, Steve? I liked it. Me too. Um, I don't know. You, at least, Chris, were... were Maybe both of you guys were not into it in the beginning. Is that just the well? The, I, I still, it, it was, I, I mean, still have shock that this. The, yeah, the, I still have mixed feelings about it. Like, <laughs> not on purpose. But. I, I have two separate opinions about it, and one is that as a sequel to Mass Effect, it's definitely not the sequel I would have wanted. But as just a video game that I played through, that happened to be a continuation of Mass Effect, I really enjoyed it. Like, I wasn't not having fun when I was playing it. You know, and I, I thought it was for the most part quite well written. And yeah. uh, I mean, they they made. They made a lot of changes, a yeah. lot of low-level changes, and I thought some of them felt just kind of arbitrary, like, oh, yeah, they changed that to sure. change it, and it was not necessarily for the better, not necessarily for the worse. Exactly, it's just right. a different it's just thing. like a different thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and some of it was definitely felt, like, more needlessly complicated for no clear reason, like the whole... You know, you drive your little spaceship around the universe map yeah. and you have to fuel up really and stuff. Weird, and it's yeah. like, why do I need fuel for this? What That's are a- people trying to do? Like, there were just some confusing changes and additions. Overall, uh, it, it, it generally made the whole game more focused on the core combat yeah, loop absolutely. and kind of facilitated that. Yeah. Um, which was positive in that it felt like a, a more cohesive experience, uh, mechanically. It also, I felt like kind of flattened out the experience yes, overall, where sure. it was sort of like, all right, I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to start a mission, talk to a dude, then go into a, a dude. bunch of combat corridors that are just going to be linear, and that's going to take about yeah. 25 well, minutes. Especially when you and walk into says, an arena, and it's like, I wonder if there is going to be cover to take 
you know, yeah. hide behind here and a dude. Cause it's like, you're, you're going through these very tight quarters. You come out into a room and it's literally just like, it looks like someone made a room that was actually built to have a cover based right. firefight. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, a little suspicious. And then at the yeah. end of these Mass Effect 2 actually goes and has your yeah, has, mission complete and yeah. the score tally and stuff, right? <laughs> By yeah, the way, I don't think anyone else finds this ending. as funny as I do, but I think it's really it's funny. It's like Wolfenstein. It's just a the, 3D uh, version of you sort of pulsing in like a three frame animation. Well, it's sh- <laughs> what it does have. I mean, Jake, have what? you seen the, have you seen the mission screen? <laughs> no. It is hilarious. It's like this weird, it's one of the only pre-rendered, like 3D pre-rendered things it in the entire 3D game. Style, so it is like it's, Wolfenstein 3D. It's like a Best. low, especially if you're playing it on the PC at otherwise high resolution. Right, when you're playing it. All of a sudden, it's like this fairly low-res pre-rendered thing with a big space orb, like glowy space orb in the background, and a guy with his legs crossed on a chair, like smoking a cigar. It's the most hilarious, like late 90s cheesy cyberpunk pc so what you're saying is i should like, play mass effect 2 first you should, <laughs> yeah it's i like the fact that you go from this slick blue spacey game and then at the end so of the like, mission it's like mission and it's just the cheesiest goddamn also the way the guy has his flying along the border <laughs> of the screen no. he's, he's the elusive man he is the elusive man what? and the way he crosses his legs looks like he only has one leg and now that i've said that you'll never be able to see it a different way uh, that's good yeah I don't know. It's a weird, it's just a funny thing. It doesn't have anything to do with the quality of the game. It's just yeah. very odd that this is the thing you see yeah. every single time you complete a mission. A mission. Yeah. I don't know. So I mean, yeah. There, there's some weird stuff. Uh, I, I generally felt like the first game was less predictable, moment to moment, yeah, and and had more variety to it. It was like, okay, I'm gonna land on this planet. Maybe I'll talk to some people. Maybe I'll have to drive my yeah, thing. Maybe, maybe, guy, maybe I'll, I'll go shoot a yeah. guy, but it's just a little section of shooting a guy, and then there'll be more talking right. to people. You know, it felt more like well, every, could- everything was more fluidly constructed, whereas this is very like like staged out where it's like, like it starts, okay talking part ends, yeah fight man's you, part talking mission, part then, mission yeah. f- you finish you, you know you like, I mean, it's, it's very game, formulaic every time you have a main mission or a side mission right um and so it can kind of wear on you if you play a lot of it all in a row you know but the, and yeah. the, but what's funny about that is it's also easier to play a lot of it in a row because you can just just snap go yeah. get just bam 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 yeah. through it but it's it's way it, it feels much more tightly paced right you know it's sort of like you can really feel how 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 tuned it is to be like, all right, get the info you need, fight through a bunch of guys. It has a you know nice kind of uh, you're propelled through it, yeah. and and you kind of eat up the missions. You know, it's very like bite sized. Like you get through one of the missions, and it probably does take you like half an hour, and you can feel like, oh yeah, I did that whole mission. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, maybe very I want to do another one, or maybe I just yeah. want to save the game and and quit and do another two or three of them next time. You know, right. it's a very consumable game, which it's is absolutely interesting. yeah. But it's it, it's a shame because it strips away some of the stuff I liked most about the first game, which was especially the the two main locations that I associate this with are the Citadel, most of all, and then also Novaria, uh, which are both locations that just have a lot of overlapping quest lines, both important ones and unimportant ones, that you're constantly just flowing between. And anytime you can leave whenever you want, come back whenever you want, yeah. keep doing them, stop doing them, do a different thing. A lot of them have multiple uh, courses of resolution, yeah. um, impact whereas, each other. Yeah. It's just, it's whereas really cool. There, there are overlapping threads like that technically in Mass Effect 2, but they're extremely simple where it's yeah. like walk past a guy who says he's looking for his data cube. Yeah. Go oh, frog the data on the other cube, side of the room. Uh, down the hall. Yeah. yeah. And then come, and sometimes it's in, it's in separate things. You're like, hear it from a guy on some city and then you go do one of your cruise side missions and you find this object that's right. like here's a locket and you're like oh okay and you just go back and give it to them and it's like very very you know simple 
Um, it doesn't have any kind of the, like, depth and sort of, like, politicking and, like, betrayal yeah. and stuff you could do in the in the dialogue system between characters of the first game. Um, hmm. So, yeah, they, they streamlined a lot of things, and they probably got the Basically, effect they were looking for. Basically, it's the Dark for. Empire Strikes Back of the Mass Effect trilogy. Oh, my God. How did you feel about them pulling the KOTOR, like... I morality KOTOR. visual stuff back in okay fable whatever i didn't I, like oh, that you start, you, <laughs> i thought that was really dumb you start becoming like veiny and smoking yeah that, and that was glowing eyes yeah that, that was something that was something i was kind of disappointed about just because it was something i specifically was very impressed with in mass effect especially coming off of yeah, like kotor and stuff was that, do that yeah they, they were like okay we're not gonna have good and evil we're gonna have renegade and paragon which is just i play i, I play by the rules or i or, or a loose cannon yeah or i'm a loose cannon it, it is it's like good cop bad cop basically but you're you're you're, still you're just a dude you're, you're you're gray well you're lawful in any case it's just do i beat the information out of somebody or persuade them right. you know um and 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 what was interesting to me about it was you know you can fill up those meters independently so you can be half good and half bad and any you know right. full good and bad at the same time um but they never reflected it in any way except what kind of dialogue options you had. Like, if you acted good all the time, yeah. you were better at persuading people. And then in Mass Effect 2, I was, I was, I was impressed because it was subtle and it had restraint. And then in Mass Effect 2, they were like, you know, that whole thing that we have, uh, it should be more like you're good and evil. And if you act like a renegade, you have giant glowing scars on your face and red eyes. And, uh, I was kind of like, that seems like a step backwards. Yeah, it's a very odd choice. Uh, <laughs> Somebody was into it and decided to go for it, but it it seems well, it's like funny because in it seems weirdly regressive because yeah, it felt well, like such a step forward in like the first Dragon game. Age, which is the like fantasy, you know, like f- sort of closer to fable that kind of thing. Where that is the world that is Lord of Good and Evil, right? Your guy uh, just turns to stone, but that game isn't like that at all. That's cool. Um, yeah. So it's it's weird that Mass Effect Two is the one where they decide to. But then they gave you the surgery machine that you can turn that yeah, off, <laughs> which I did. If they, if you want, but. yeah, the subtlety machine. Yes, <laughs> right. The the restraint machine, the stop giving me red Terminator eyes because I slapped a guy machine. <laughs> I, you know, actually, the other thing I don't like is that when it gives you the little. Um, speaking of that, when it gives you the little option to be a renegade or a paragon in the middle of a conversation, you never know what your character is going to do, and it's almost impossible for me to not just want to see what it is. But then sometimes I'll do something really outrageous that I I would not have actually done or wanted my character to do. I had do. a great experience with that. Yeah. I had an awesome experience with that. What was your experience? Uh, because partway through, like, for some reason, I was deciding I wanted to get all the Paragon points I could. It was because it was one of the things where two of your crewmates get pissed at each other, and I, like, took sides with one of them, which means you have to get to full Paragon to, like, convince them to go back to loyalty or whatever. Anyway, so I was like, all right, I'm only going to get Paragon points for the rest of this game. And so you do one of the, one of the missions... And they kick you into a cutscene in the middle of like the combat section and some Krogans run out and they, and they're like standing on this balcony and they start like yelling at you and taunting you and stuff. And as soon as they start taunting you, they're like, we're going to go to your planet and destroy your civilization. And it like pans down and there's a giant like explosive canister underneath oh, the balcony yeah. and the, and the, you know, the, the right trigger to, to be evil shows up on screen and i was like no i'm not going to and their speech goes on for like 30 <laughs> seconds They're like, and then we're going to kill them and eat their bodies and once we eat their bodies their skeletons it's just like come on the right trigger's right there it's yeah, like the game zooming in so on bad. the explosive yeah. and it's yeah. like you will never the recover. icon starts to like grow <laughs> yeah. and it just went on and on and i just ignored it and finally it just went into normal combat but i was 
it was really funny. They didn't yeah. expect anyone not to blow yeah. those guys well, up. Well, that's, my, that's kind of my problem with the system is that the game seems to be like, I don't know. It feels less like an expressive choice. I thought it was interesting more... because uh, they they had almost an equal amount of Paragon ones like that. Like somebody could be freaking out and you could like, come, you know, kind of like be like, yeah, but hey, it's all, yeah. I mean, it's all o- only ever one or the other, right? I mean, it's not right. like you have both choices. Yeah, yeah. It's only one or the other. But the thing about uh, at least the Renegade one that was interesting to me was when I started ignoring them. Uh, the, often afterwards, it would give you the next section of the dialogue tree, and there would be like a Paragon oh, right. dialogue option, yeah. so you could get Paragon points only if you if you, wait. If yeah, you had right. restraint that's, and didn't yeah, just yeah, punch yeah. the guy out, which I thought was that's, that's pretty fair cool. Enough. That's, that's a good point. Video game, video games, vidges. You want to take a break and then do some reader mail? Yeah, stuff? let's break it up. Man, we got like. 22 months worth of reader mail to get through. It's like going to be a while. 718 months. How many years is that? I don't know. Math years? Mm. <laughs> Worst. Mm. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Game. Math. Math. Collier. Lieutenant Cotta Blake. Collier hat. Whores. That old plan. <laughs> they got whores. <laughs> whores. Lisa needs braces. I've never that seen a whore plan. keep such a Lisa clean needs braces. Whores. Lieutenant Carter Blake. Color your hair. <laughs> Asthma. <laughs> Stairs. If you like rain, highways, and mud or whatever. <laughs> ah. If you're looking for dead, yeah, if you're looking for <laughs> dead bodies, rain, and highways, we got you, plenty. You come to the right place. You come to the right location for a number of different <laughs> highways, some bodies, and rain. Use your sunglasses to see a lot of footprints. This rain is a bit heavy, wouldn't you say? <laughs> what? <laughs> Disc eject. <laughs> <laughs> What? That's your PlayStation 3 exploding from very far away. <laughs> the, da, 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 the bomb squad, uh, like, dish over the top. Well, I think I think underneath underneath the bomb squad hood. Yeah, underneath the bomb squad hood is just... <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's you farting because you were so nervous. Someone was squeezing me. <laughs> On YouTube? <laughs> I seen whores that don't give a damn about their living conditions. I met a number of whores. I carouse with whores frequently. <laughs> ah, whores. I got asthma. What? <laughs> Use the analog stick to rock back and forth to catch your breath. Put down. (laughs) I'm David Cage. Put down the controller to watch this fat man be beaten to death (laughs) by a skinhead. Pause. A guy named Ben Appleyard wrote him to ask, wondering if we played Star Wars Empire at War. No, I didn't play it. I didn't either. We saw a demo of it though at uh, E3. Do you remember that? Like years ago. Oh, we saw that. And the guy was like. If you're the evil character, you can manipulate enemy troops. And he was like, really? Because when I'm the good character, I just kill everyone. So So a guy has a uh, game dream. We got a Dreamcast. Hey, a dream? Bringing it back. Game dream. So Steve, I know you're new to this. We used to have people write in about (laughs) dreams they had involving video games. Huh. That sounds stupid. 
Well, well you sound stupid. Don't don't ruin this. <laughs> this is all we live for. It's <laughs> your problem. <laughs> so anyway, what was what was this guy dreaming uh, about? So this Steve? was uh, like Michael Johnson. Cares. He writes. Dear Idle Thumbs, please come back. I recently brought, uh, bought both Far Cry 2 and Torchlight on sale on Steam, and now I'm finally interested in hearing you ramble, ramble about the Mandelsley. I've already played Trine, so feel free to have an episode about how great that is, too. Why doesn't he just go back and listen to all of the episodes that we <laughs> talked about those games on all of them? As an inducement, here's a gaming-related dream you can read out. Ah. So here's his dream. Right. I'm sitting in some sort of briefing room. There are three rows of long... I haven't read this yet, so hopefully it's good. Uh, hope there are three rows of long benches with other people sitting at them, and I'm in the back row. I realize that the person sitting directly in front of me is a guy I used to know at university. Curious as to whether friendly fire is on, I pull out my pistol, take aim at his head, and pull the trigger. Sure enough, a red health bar appears under his head, a few more shots, and he falls bloodlessly to the ground. I'm not ashamed of my actions. Jesus. <laughs> I tell the shocked onlookers that it's all right. I can just quick load to the beginning of the level and start over. They're angry that they will have to wait here while I repeat the level, so I promise to be quick. I am now viewing myself from a top-down third-person isometric camera. I watch as I sprint around a shopping mall, repeating all my earlier actions at full tilt. Unfortunately, I seem to forget my promise to return and ended up wandering off and doing something else altogether. Also, I have a... So that was the dream. Weird. Okay. Well, huh. congrats that... on that dream. All right. Also, I have a bonus Idle Thumbs-related dream. This oh. happens sometimes before you guys stopped casting your pods, uh, and in retrospect... Are you sure you shouldn't have pre-screened this? <laughs> this could go in a bad location. I don't know. Why? Oh, Find out. Are you having a prescient dream yourself about this dream dream? I don't mean... Dream, dream, dream. All right, so this is his dream. I'm standing on the road on the side... I'm standing on the side of the road talking to Chris Remo. I'm telling him a long-winded story, and he's clearly bored, but too polite to tell me to go away. <laughs> Suddenly... Doesn't sound much like a dream to me. <laughs> <laughs> We're living the dream. I guess you just complimented me and said I was polite, but bored. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, we noticed Nick Brecken standing on the other side of the road. That guy doesn't have anything to do with this podcast. <laughs> I don't... Hey, Nick, I cry out to him. Garnet Lee is your boss now. He visibly deflates. I know, he replies forlornly. It's the end of the dream. <laughs> Garnet Lee is not his boss anymore. That's true. That's why it's... Uh... Who is that? He's the editorial director of Gamefly, owner oh. of Shack News. He was Nick's boss for some period of time. Now I know. I would normally end by now saying, Pete keep up the good work, but you haven't done any good work lately, so I can't. Oh, so, you. <laughs> so restart the good work, I guess, Michael. We'll restart it. We did. We did. We listened to your dream. Your dream came to us in a dream. And then we casted it back into your own face. Well, Hunter Simmons. <laughs> Hunter Simmons writes, in case you ever cast again. I okay. bought Torchlight on your recommendation. It's a lot of fun, and I see myself dropping many hours into it. It was good timing to buy this during winter break, right before a 10-day vacation from work. God, I love video games. By that, he probably was Thank referring you. to Thank you. Wow, man. <laughs> Highly complimentary set of yeah. email yeah. This, uh, this month. Chris is polite and bored. I am loved. You're not mentioned, Steve. You're not mm. coming up much in these. Actually. Hopefully, I won't be. Wait. <laughs> Do y'all ever itch to podcast? He asks. Nick Breedon mentioned on Twitter that he planned on mining his new coworkers for patri er, podcast compatriots. Does this make you, Jake, Chris, and perhaps Scoops feel betrayed? I feel betrayed. In my head, that was the guy's email. In my head, I often forget Scoops' real name and call him Two Scoops, which I think is grosser than Hot Scoops. What's even more disgusting is Two Hot Scoops. <laughs> two Hot Scoops of Steve. <laughs> wow. All right, that's my creepy email from the uh, year. Okay. Bird noise, mention of an arg, trine. Oh, all right, yeah. 
You can probably... How's it going, two scoops? You, you can probably two cut off scoops. emails before they say bird noise, because no, they all end that way. It's all like, bird noise, wizard... Uh... Should we talk about bird noise for a second? Oh, yeah. We need to take you on a tour of the past. Uh, I don't know how to is- explain this or segue into this. What are you guys doing? Here you go. Uh, work. And then over the cue wall, we'd go, okay... You know, your turn or whatever. Yeah. That's some kind of thing, and then you'd all tab back. Yeah, and you know, Was Ken, that like a secret code. Yeah, like <laughs> bird, bird call. <laughs> so, so at, you know, this. I I have heard that. Oh, you have really? Yeah. When back when you listened to Idle Thumbs. Back when I listened to what the Games for Windows podcast yeah. before Idle Thumbs. Apparently, apparently GFW. Oh, really? I listened to it, but I totally I did listen to that podcast. But I totally didn't remember this. No, I, I I listened to that clip when you posted it on Twitter or something oh, oh, like oh, okay. yeah, a month it's, ago. It's amazing that. So uh, yeah, actual story being GFW beat us to the punch on the baboo. <laughs> apparently, yeah. what the fuck is that? Yeah, like, amazing. It yeah. sounds exactly the same. Yeah, appara- apparently, what call. was it like six months before Idle Thumb started or something? Yeah. That clip. Yeah, someone went like, and called it a bird sound. So shit. And then, yeah, Owned. we thought beaten by our it own was a game real thing. Well, it's from actually, the past. I think it's supposed to sort of it's it's the piece of connective tissue that lets you know that Idle Thumbs and GFW are actually secretly maybe in the same universe. It's a it's a big fan debate, right. sort of like <laughs> yeah. how in Halo, it's not, it's not really like they canon, have the marathon but it's, uh, speculation, right? Them. Like so dorky PC. But we have we have an emergent physics engine and stuff. Yeah. We're sort of we're the Halo to their marathon. GFW is a Mac only podcast, originally. <laughs> <laughs> and Microsoft totally Microsoft oh. sold them out. It's weird. It's like Microsoft, well, Microsoft bought weird. them out and sponsored their name. Uh, yeah. So pretty much, I think that's pretty much what happened. That's a very interesting history that you shared with me. I extrapolated all of this from them going <laughs> in one episode. <laughs> John Brooks writes torch. in an email entitled, My Daughter. Whenever I tell my daughter that we're going to listen to a video game podcast, she asks if it's the one with the horse bag. Yay! <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> When I I told her you guys were not making any more podcasts, she was distraught. Sad face. Love pup. Love love pup? What? Well, love comma pup. The guy goes by pup. P-U-P? Yes. All right. Uh, Is there any indication of how old his daughter is? (laughs) My (laughs) 37-year-old daughter. (laughs) Well, it's like like my three-year-old daughter was listening to you guys talking about getting raped in the face. (laughs) Uh, Like, who would play this in front of anyone below the age of, like, 15? The horseback conversation was not probably age-appropriate for a daughter who is young enough to say, is it the one with the horse horse bag? (laughs) Okay, honey, we're going to listen to a video game podcast. Uh, Please do not listen. (laughs) What? (laughs) Anyway, farts, rape, donkey cock, vagina. So... A horse bag. A horse bag. <laughs> oh, horse bag! Oh, horse, horse bag! bag. <laughs> we, uh, yeah. Well, we, all right. we, He would luck out if that's that's the only uh, phrase right. his daughter learned from our podcast. With Donkey Cock <laughs> <laughs> Country? <laughs> yeah, so, so please anyway. pop right back, John Brooks, and uh, with, tell us how old you're... <laughs> that sounded horrible. <laughs> that's just the kind of podcast this is. <laughs> Yeah. Basically, I want to know the age of your daughter. That's that's my question for you, John Brooks. Internet. Stop making that motion, Chris. <laughs> just because the people at home can't see it. Oh, I'm just taking my sunglasses on and off. Uh, you're doing it really slowly. <laughs> it's true. It's odd. <laughs> um, they keep popping into your hand. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. 
Um, Lieutenant Cod of Lake? Toblix writes, the new CSI oh, game. This is a question for, for video games here. <laughs> Do I? Really? All right. We're going. Well, why, you know the answer. I probably don't. PC or Xbox 360. Hello. Just want to get first in line for the next podcast. What platform should I get the new CSI game on? I'm thinking PC will give me <sighs> superior mouse controls. What the fuck is but this, maybe Chris? I should be focusing. What? <laughs> All right. We have a person who works for the company that makes it. I, I will say, full disclaimer before you read this email, I have never played a Telltale CSI game, or worked on one. I went to a playtest once and played through the first case. Which system did you play it on? It was the, it was CSI 3, which was in 2006, and it was PC only at the time. Uh, do you feel it would have been enhanced with an Xbox 360 Microsoft console game? I know that CSI 4 is a fr- frequently cited game for quick achievement whoring. <laughs> I see. Ah, Well, does the PC version have games for Windows Live? Because then it's equal... In achievement. It does not have games when live. Yeah, okay, Xbox. We've spent a lot of time talking about this already. You want to finish this email? <laughs> well, he says, I'm thinking PC will give me superior mouse controls, but maybe I should be focusing more on the TV show feeling of playing the Xbox 360 version from the couch. Yeah, I agree with him on that last part. That's what he should do. You heard it from the source. Jake Rodkin. The Rodkin. guy who doesn't make the CSI game. <laughs> Which is Jake Rodkin. That's Which true. is everyone in this <laughs> room. In this yeah. room. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> Okay. The guy who works near the guys who make CSI. Yeah, I sort of sit game. right across a small hallway from one of the people who works on CSI. God, that must be so cool. <laughs> He's a nice guy. I bet he is. John Drake, he designs those. Anyway. You should ask him. Get back to us next All right. time. Just, just call him. We'll follow up on this. Yeah, right, call a friend call. here. Do, 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 do. Uh, <laughs> I'm at home right now. Oh, so, okay. That was awkward. <laughs> that was a quick conversation. Yeah. <laughs> he answers his phone with, oh, I'm at home right now. Yeah. That's it's concise. It's, it's, it's the, the opposite of a, a an answering machine message. I am at home right now, <laughs> so I'm please here. don't leave a message. <laughs> Hang up. <laughs> anyway, let's not talk about this now. Mm. Okay. What a weird email. Well, most of our other email is people submitting names for the, the podcast, which clearly... We used, we used when we decided to call this we, the Idle Thumbs we podcast. We one letter in order from the <laughs> submissions, and then it ended up sort of word jumble style spelling the Idle Thumbs podcast, and we thought that was a brilliant name for the Idle Thumbs podcast. Yeah, so it's we called it that. Uh, we'll, we'll still give some people torchlight codes and uh, put some good ones up on the blog. Yep. Should we talk briefly about EA Presents? Sure. <laughs> you should not make that face ever again, though, Chris. <laughs> You're making a worse one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you want to explain oh, this because you invented gross. it accidentally? It's your latest invention? Patent- uh, I didn't invent it. It was invented by uh, Ian Bogost, the video game academic. thought uh, it was Bogost. Bogost, whatever. He, I don't know. On his Twitter feed, he posted uh, – I don't even remember what his was. He just – he off offhandedly posted EA Presents something. So, some, some literary some, work that he – did he oh, make- he was Kill All Mockingbirds yeah. was the one he did. And then I I, 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 fall, I replied to him with EA Presents Death to All Salesmen. Um, and then, I, and then I, I made up like three or four more on my Twitter feed. And then other people started replying to me with their own examples yeah. of potential reworked literary classics to video games. Yeah. And then I, I created a Twitter feed for them, uh, which is if you want to find it, it's twitter.com slash EA underscore presents. Right. And there's probably about a hundred of them so, up yeah, there now. A bunch of Jesus, that's a lot. Reader submitted uh, potential literary adaptations literary to adaptations. hardcore video games. Right. So we have 
uh, I mean, essentially, these these distill the essence of the of original great literary work works. interactively. Yeah, yeah, right. So, like, we have EA presents uh, War and War. We have EA presents <laughs> Terminate with Pride and Extreme Prejudice. <laughs> we have EA presents Fear and Reloading in Las Vegas. That's good. Yeah, that is really good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Every time I think of this one, I crack up. EA presents the Great Gatling Gunsby. <laughs> uh, EA presents. I don't like that one. Yeah, I gotta go to a different page. More should have probably condensed this down before I. Nice one, Jake. Tom Chain Sawyer. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Yeah, me too. Uh, Very clever. Charles Dickens' Bloodhouse and its sequel, Great Decapitations. Uh, the Body Count of Monte Cristo is amazing. It's a fucking winner. <laughs> that is the all-time champ, whoever did well, that Well, I also like The Killiad a lot. The Killiad is good, <laughs> yeah. yeah. EA presents Origin of the Species, Origins. <laughs> that's, that's that was good. really good, yeah. Uh, uh, there's a million of these. Yeah. And some of them are funny. Literally. Yeah. I'm not going to read some of these. <laughs> You're not going to read most of them. No, I'm not going to read most of them. The funniest thing about it Slaughter is Slaughterhouse that... 5000. <laughs> I like that one. The funny thing to me is that it's based on the... They're jokes on Dante's Inferno, which doesn't, which doesn't change do the name yeah. Yeah. of the thing at all. That name, yeah, is already so goddamn extreme. Yeah. Twitter is not giving me the full list, which is too bad. Yeah. It's fine. You got the good ones. But I like the idea that da- that maybe in this sort of universe, Dante's Inferno was not even – like even that was sort of too literary to to communicate what they were right, trying to do. It's it up like, for the sequels. Yeah. It's like, well, we had a decent idea here with taking this idea and turning it into a visceral well, well, what are the, action game. What, what, but, are the, what are the next two epic poems that followed the first one that were actually written? Like, well, there's, there's like, Purgatorio and Paradiso. Yeah, I mean, so, there's the three, you know. So, so I, like so I mean, so, so yeah. So I mean, all I would, I would be very surprised if like the third game were called Dante's Paradise. I'm yeah. sure it'll be called like Dante's Inferno, Paradise Lost. Well, yeah. you know, like Milton and Dante team up for a battle royale. So I mean, I bet, yeah. I bet that the the further games will actually go closer to the territory covered by yes, at to, EA to presents on Twitter of the species origins. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, Did you guys games. see the, the the leaked concept art that uh, some former EA concept artist put on a blog that had a bunch of canceled game concepts? One of which was no. Gunhead, which looked <laughs> hilarious. It was a guy like you, you think it's not going to be this, but then it actually is a guy whose head is a gun, and it has all these different configurations with like different barrels. It was the fucking funniest guy. I wish they would have made that game. How extensive was the concepting for it? I mean, was there a was lot of like work? Of put into or was there more? There were just a, it was like a whole bunch of character studies of this guy and all these different configurations. His head can be in well, that different is like, types of guns my, it was fucking sweet <laughs> you, you saw a gun limb right which was it was i don't my, think so tig source had a make a make a schlocky b movie game contest as one of their like make a game in a week thing oh yeah i did see that and gun limb is the best one which is a guy whose arms and legs are all shotguns which yeah. you, and, and you so rotate you, around with the mouse and shoot to yeah. move and to kill. Yeah, you have to, oh, yeah, that yeah, was you fun. propel yeah, yourself yeah. by firing your gun feet. Yeah, so, yeah. and arms. It's just this right. four floppy yeah. limbs <laughs> that sort of, yeah, yeah. Uh, gun limb. It's, but the, the prequel It's to that actually was a literary adaptation of Quop. 
What? It's the hardcore. It's, just, you it's know, the hardcore like, EA like the hard, oh, it's, 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 it's the Visceral Games co-op. Yeah. yeah. It's gun limb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Steve was destroyed. That's yeah. perfect. <laughs> The, the, what was weird, though, about the, the concept – I mean, there was concepts for a bunch of stuff, some of which was more conventional. But the weirdest one, in addition to, to Gunhead, which was pretty goddamn weird, uh, there there was an Oliver Twist game. But it looked like a really sort of faithful, genuine interpretation of Oliver Twist. Like, it, it had this really nice Those were actually kind of soft the same style. game. That was Gunhead <laughs> colon Oliver Twist. Oliver Twist, yeah. He, he, or Oliver Twist colon there, he, Gunhead. Well, he, you know, he – he sort of falls into a pit of acid and emerges horribly scarred. And the only way they can save his upper body is to replace his head with a, with a gun. gun. <laughs> and uh, at that point, you know, he adopts Gunhead. You want some more? <laughs> <laughs> oh, worst. Absolutely. That would be an amazing tagline. Uh, but no, but the Oliver Twist, uh, the actual Oliver Twist game, it was odd because it looked really cool. I don't know what the game would have been. I guess it would have been a platformer thing. But the artwork looked really nice. Wow, a platformer. I know. Surprise. I'm just guessing. I don't have no idea if that's what it was. Oh, okay. It was actually but, a 2D platformer for the SNES, originally <laughs> published by THQ, but they yeah, dropped it. Like Capcom. the mask platformer. For it was developed by Capcom. If it was developed by that Capcom, would have been developed by be, Capcom back in those good. days. Yeah. yeah. We'd have sweet music and use the Mega Man engine. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why, like, Aladdin or whatever was actually good. I really liked Aladdin. The Super Nintendo one? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. all of those Capcom the Gen- the Disney licenses. Was, uh, I never played that. It was a Virgin Interactive, like, a Dave Perry, I think, maybe? Was that what I, I was doing before Shiny? I don't, I don't know. But, yeah. Yeah. DuckTales. But, I mean, I, I, I mean, honestly, and I know that I'm... I'm not in the majority of people who listen to this podcast when I say this. I mean, I personally enjoyed the Aladdin game more than Mega Man because I didn't own a video game a console. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't play those games, so I sucked balls at Mega Man. Well, the Aladdin game was cool because it. it I was couldn't beat. I couldn't beat three screens of Mega Man. Like I don't know. I, I liked that the Super Nintendo Aladdin was kind of like a halfway thing between the sort of Prince of Persia jump and swing stuff. Yeah. and it the just Mega felt Man really fun to play. Stuff. Yeah, it was, really yeah. I mean, it was cool. a really well done yeah. game. Yeah. Yep. That was a weird era. It was a weird era yeah, in that respect, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Video games. So Are we're we probably done? done with this episode. I think we're probably pretty much done. We yeah. don't know when the next one of these is coming out. It's not weekly. Shh. Not weekly. It's not weekly. It's probably more like monthly. It's like yearly. Probably like, you know, put one on every decade or so. We don't know. Yeah, we don't have a schedule for this. We might eventually settle on one. But for now, uh, video games. Play it's them. true, video games. Steve? Any final words? Thanks for listening. Stairs. Oh, yeah. Lieutenant Cotta Blake. Video game. This episode was recorded in front of a live studio audience at Flaming Orangutan Studios. I want energy. Energy. Come on. It's February 12th. Don't do that. Don't look at how long we've been recording. That's not what I was looking at. Don't look at I can't read that from here. He was looking for spikes. Yeah. It's February 12th, 2010, and this is the Idle Thumbs Podcast, Episode 1. And I'm Chris Remo. <laughs> uh, it's not normally me next. But Nick's not here anymore because we murdered him. Yeah, but Nick always went last. Exactly. I'm Chris Remo, I'm Nick Brecken, and I'm Jake Rodkin. No, and I'm Nick Brecken. Wasn't he always, and I'm Nick no. Brecken? Uh, I haven't actually No, because it was always, this. I'm Chris Remo, I'm Nick Brecken. He would, inter- he would interrupt you, therefore he was second. You're right. You're correct. But b- Bronstring, Merrick Bronstring. He is not included. Uh, Merrick. Bro- Merrick. <laughs> Bronstring. Bronstring, Merrick Bronstring. 
Broad string. Broad string, Merrick, broad string, broad string, Merrick, broad string, broad string. <laughs> gold game gold. Oh, Jesus. Stairs. Now we have to start over again. If this episode is for February 12th, 2010. <laughs> the year of our Lord, 2010. <laughs> <laughs> or common we could, era. We could give them a title intentionally, and you could say it. This is, this is episode, yeah. One. This is episode one? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, otherwise it's all one big sentence again, and that's what you yeah. didn't want to do. So. <laughs> Welcome to the Idle Thumbs Podcast. This is episode one, February 12, 2010. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we just... We have spaceship sound in the back. <laughs> <laughs> we have a whole, a whole like space race, like documentary overdub with like right. mission control. T minus nine. It's just the this is the Out of Thumbs podcast. Defcon. <laughs> yeah, Out of Thumbs. Yeah. Every line has yeah. to have. Little... Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Is it the, is it the equivalent like, of like so? Wario fart. This is the Out of. What were you saying? Did you say Wario fart? <laughs> I said Mario fart. Super oh. Wario fart. <laughs> that is something that Wario would have. You ready? What were we saying that it was going to be? I don't know. Welcome to the Idle Thumbs podcast. This is episode one. <laughs> this is for this date. This is Chris Remo. This is Steve Gibbs. <laughs> we are recording this episode to be released. This episode is being recorded. <laughs> this is the internet. <laughs> How did we even used to start it? Blake? Lock and load, rock and roll, snake frosty, guns hot. Thumbs. Oscar Mike.